Dangerous to Go Alone is a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network. Visit brokenjars.xyz to check out all of our other amazing content. Welcome to another edition of Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Jay Ray, and I parked like eight fucking blocks away from your house today. I'm sorry. Um, and I am Amanda, and I was a gymnast for 15 years. That's a real fact. It's a real fact. Good job. <laughs> Way to bring it around. <laughs> Finally. I'm sorry you had to bar- park eight blocks away. Yeah. That's crazy town. Yeah. It probably was your fault. It is my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a crab apple I told apple all those today. cars yeah, to park trying there. to make me feel better. It's yeah, not going to work. Yeah, Jerry is a crab apple. <laughs> he looks uh, like a crab apple, too, in case any of you don't know what he looks like. Oh. This is episode 11. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Wow. We've been doing this for a long time. At least 11, 11 weeks. weeks <laughs> at least. Um, okay, so on this week's episode, what we are going to discuss um, are basically the different ways that people play video games compared to our own heyday, you know, 90s, mm-hmm. early aughts, um, what gamers expect from developers, what developers are doing, all that kind of stuff. So, get ready, because it's about to go down. All right, so, (laughs) this idea came to me because the other day I was on Facebook and I was scrolling through my timeline and I had forgot that I was, I had liked the Divisions page. Oh, okay. So, the Division is an Ubisoft game that came out last year. It is, um, it's actually a Tom Clancy. Last year? Tom Clancy's The Division, maybe earlier. No, yeah. I think it was early this year. You think so? I thought it was last year. Did you get it right when it came out? Because I think you yes, got I it earlier this year. I did, but maybe it came but out. Maybe it was earlier this year. And I think it was this year, but I, I'm, I wouldn't. Well, because uh, okay, so this isn't relevant information, but okay. <laughs> um, the last expansion I paid for for Destiny came out last September. Okay. And then I stopped playing it at some point. That's why mm-hmm. I felt like maybe I had it before Christmas. Maybe. Yeah, because I wasn't playing Destiny that long anymore after that. Yeah, you might have. Anyways, point is, they are updating. They do these um, fucking things, <laughs> these shorts, where an actor comes on, kind of like if you guys have ever played Ingress, but an actor will come on and share some type of in-game story, um, you know, kind of an augmented reality kind of thing. And um, that's not the right phrase for that. Anyways, so... <laughs> I was looking at the comments because I was like, well, I don't understand what the fuck this guy's talking about. So let me just see what they're talking about. And, like, people were furious with this game still. Oh, yeah? Yeah, people were like, this game's garbage. You got to fix your servers or whatever. So part of me was like, well, I was expecting maybe the comments to be nicer because since it's been so damn long, anybody who cares about these videos would be people who just like the game now. Right. Doesn't seem to be the case. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... I don't play The Division anymore because I personally felt, too, that the game was kind of disappointing once mm-hmm. I got to the end of it. Right. And it just got me thinking that there have been a lot of games like that in the past two, three, four years that have been disappointing like that. But I think there's a lot of things going on. Uh, do you have thoughts before I continue? Yeah. Well, can I? do you want me to respond to that a little bit? Sure. And like the, I mean, obviously we're going to go a little bit in depth here about this, but I think... And I could be wrong, because maybe we were just kids in the 90s, so we didn't see it the same way. Mm. But I feel like, in culture in general, I feel like we've taken this turn 
where the consumer has the right to demand a lot out mm. of the products that they purchase. And when it comes to video games, I think that um, like expectation and hype for getting new games coming out is just like more than it ever was. Mm. Like, I mean, I remember being really excited about The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, but I don't know if I knew when it got released specifically. And I was a kid, so like maybe I was just not aware, but I felt like... I feel like I was excited about it because people had told me it was a good game. And, like, I played it six months later or whatever, you right, know? Right, Because it just wasn't the same as it is now. But, again, it might be partially because I was a child then and I'm an adult now. Right. But, but I really do feel like, like expectations and hype culture has, like, gone crazy. Well, so I'm And video gonna... game marketing, too, probably. Yeah, well, yeah, so we'll get into marketing in a bit. But, so this is a, a th- opinion based on nothing but video games being part of technology requires some of the people who play them to be vaguely aware of the internet and technology sure because of that um it is games that i think take a huge brunt of the trolly hate nonsense because because it's already within their culture are gamers right? right makes sense makes sense to me um, because, so if you look at a game like Ocarina of Time and you being 10 or right. whatever, you know, I mean, the internet wasn't really a thing until like yeah, 98, no, 99 I don't in terms ever, of like everybody having computers in their home. Yeah. And I don't ever remember going on the internet to talk about video games. Like the internet was used for different things at different times and stuff too. Obviously we didn't have YouTube and videos to comment on and video game there was blogs IGN.com. Like I remember, but I don't know if there were message boards there. I didn't partake in it if there was, yeah. I guess, hmm. but, um. It just seemed different. Also, I didn't have anything to be unhappy about then. That's the thing, too. This is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, and maybe it's just because we're old, but I feel like this culture has taken this turn in which, like, there's just, like, everything to be unhappy about all the time. Yeah. You know? And, like, nothing to just be like, this game is, uh, like, e- even, like, when we talk about movies, right? Like, Ghostbusters was fine. Suicide Squad was fine. But, like, people want to spend all their time just being unhappy about it instead. Yeah. There's a difference. Okay. In that you only need two hours to get a thought on Suicide Squad. Yeah. And you may have invested ten hours before you realized that the game was shit. Sure. You know? So let, let's approach this first by the first impressions people get of a video game, which would be the marketing. Right. Okay? So, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Okay? Huge game that's come out recently. The marketing was like bonkers, right? Mm-hmm. It was five years in the making at least. Um, and the developers at Hello Games were specifically Sean Murray, who is the head of that team, um, was doing interviews and talking all types of fancy shit. There will be plants that eat animals. You can land on asteroids. You can, you know, join different factions and, you know, your choices and dialogue will have an effect on how the universe, whatever the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, not the case. It's just land on a random planet generator 2016, right? Yep. So... Is that the marketing's fault for being misleading, or is that our fault for putting too much stock in the marketing? And if that's the case, um, should marketing should we even give marketing that pass though, and blame the consumer if they said that they do this thing? Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, every situation is going to be situation specific. But at the end of the day, I think it's both. Because marketing should not blatantly lie, Mm. which I don't play No Man's Sky, so I I don't know exactly if they're blatant lies. But if they're blatant lies, things that are factually inaccurate about your game that you're trying to sell as accurate in your marketing, I think that's wrong. Mm. I think it's also naive, I don't know about wrong, but it's certainly naive of consumers to think that marketing is reality. Like, that's like when you go to fucking Applebee's and you see a picture of the meal you're going to get, and it looks so gorgeous in that picture, and when you get it, it just doesn't look like that. Sure. You know? Like, that's marketing. So there's an amount of, like, not to be too naive to buy into everything, but there's also an amount to which nobody should be blatantly lying to you. You shouldn't, if it's if it's a cheeseburger and the picture of the cheeseburger looks really pretty, maybe yours doesn't look pretty when it comes out, but, but it's still a cheeseburger. Right. Right? Like right. nobody was like, oh, here's chicken, you right. know, or like right. something that here's it Here's a chicken Caesar isn't. salad. Right. So to me, I'm, and again, I don't know the very specifics of everything with No Man's Sky, but if there are things that are factually inaccurate about the stuff that the marketer said, and said in a blatant way, not in a like around, you know, whatever kind of way, roundabout kind of way, then I think... They are to blame. I think that's unfair. So both, really. Both. Consumers yeah. should be a little bit more aware and developers or marketers specifically should not be such fucking assholes. Yeah, I mean, I hate marketing. I'm always going to take a stand against marketing because I've been taking a stand against marketing since I was a kid. But you work in marketing, so you can speak to it differently than I can. But I, 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 the way I was raised and the way I always felt about marketing is like it's all lies. Mm. It's just constant lies. People are just trying to sell you shit. Same way anybody would ever try to sell you shit by telling you X, Y, Z, and then you buy the thing, you know? So, but I have a very, 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 like, biased and unreasonable perception of this stuff. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do, I mean, and I'm, I'm admitting someone, that here. Someone fully. has to tell somebody about something. What it right? is, right. I mean, even if your friends say, hey, go check out this movie, it was awesome their marketing for that sure, movie. Sure, that's true. And then they'll take their own preconceived concepts or post-conceived concepts of that movie, tell you about it, and maybe disregard things that they don't know to tell you that you wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. Or specifically disregard it because they know you won't like it. Sure. Um, so that's just the nature of stuff. It is. I will say some marketing firms probably take it too far in that it's too big or epic or whatever right they don't manage expectations Mm -hmm. but part of me so part of me would side with you that marketers are assholes because marketers are slightly random i'm a marketer yeah and you're an asshole love you (laughs) so fucking people put their blinkers on and they don't turn oh yeah sure so how can i ever take anybody's word for value at all no, it's so true. we should always assume marketers are assholes because if they're set out to not lie but to to convince you of something to share for their profit. truth, right? <laughs> um, and I can't even trust the person who's had a license for forty years to turn left when their blinker says I'm turning left, right? right then I can't believe anybody, right? Um, okay, so that's marketing. Um, so in terms of actual deliverables, mm-hmm. well, so what do you recall marketing wise from older games? Yeah, I mean, not a lot. I feel like, first of all, there was always gameplay footage. Mm. A lot of times I think now we don't get gameplay footage or we get, like, weird shit, like, with Overwatch, which 
those character movies were very beautiful. They had nothing the fuck to do with that game at all. Right. You know? And so I'm not saying they shouldn't have been made, because it's all fine and dandy. But they didn't tell me anything about what it was like to play that game. And so the way I remember marketing for video games when I was a kid was like... You saw gameplay. Nobody was taking any time to make extra footage. Right. You know? Of, like, whatever. So at least you, like, really saw it. Um, Because I did a a special project on Ocarina of Time when I was in college, there's one ad that particularly sticks out in my mind because I looked at it a lot for this project. But um, the weird thing about that ad was it still, like, tried to sell a story that wasn't actually the story. Mm. Um, so there was still some bullshit happening there. But all the footage of the game was actual gameplay footage. But this is a commercial? It was a commercial. It was like a 30-second TV spot. Yeah. Mm. And that's the only one I could think of specifically off the top of my head right now. Well, because I got to say that you are really pressed for time for a on-air 30-second commercial mm-hmm. in a way that you're not today. That's true. Where Bungie with Destiny can do a two-hour-long stream. Yeah, I mean... About updates and stuff. Keeping it in the Zelda universe. We've got a fucking hour and a half of... Right. Zelda Wii U, of, of Breath of the Wild. Right, of, like, actual gameplay. Gameplay footage, yep. From E3, Miyamoto was talking mm-hmm. over a lot of it or whatever. Oh, my goodness, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... There are... So one would, one could argue that within a paid 30-second spot on television, those lies could be easier to do because you're more pressed for time. Like, you sure. have to make that impression. Sure. Yeah, I don't recall commercials at all for video games. Like, Yeah, they were a few and far point. between, but they exist. And I, I honestly, I don't so much remember them as much as I've seen them as an adult. Huh. Um, and kind of been like, oh, yeah. Like, I have these moments where I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> when I see them now, but it's not something I can really right. remember because I was a child. But I don't. we don't see... Um, ga- well, we don't have TV, but right. I don't think we see commercials for games that, that in that way either. When I was really surprised, we, we went to the movies one time and there was a trailer for Uncharted 4 before Uncharted 4 came out. Yes. And that was kind of... I was like, whoa. Yeah. This is legit. And I know that's like a huge game, obviously. Well, and I'll say it's owned by Sony, and Sony also has... Makes movies, yeah. right? Makes so sense. they're probably one of the few companies that can do that. Right. Yeah. Because that was nuts. And obviously that game's also very cinematic, so yeah. like maybe they thought they'd appeal to some cinema-type folk. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about uh, deliverables here. Okay. okay. Yep. So... The Division, let's go back to that, was kind of touted as this, so a very popular phrase that was getting big around, like, last year, this year, is, like, shared world shooter. Okay. Because there's MMORPGs. Right. Massive multiplayer online role-playing games. Role-playing games, games, right. And then, so, shared world shooters are a smaller scale of that because they're not massively multiplayer regardless if a lot of people are playing maybe as many people as because you only play with like a couple people in a party or something is that what you mean well like a a room is just smaller right so if i go into the division's version of manhattan there can only be like max 16 players right so that's not massive they consider it right um and moreover I don't think I realized this, and I don't recall it specifically, but there's two areas of Manhattan, and only one area you can encounter other players randomly. Gotcha. Um, I remember... Yeah, I think 
actually, so let's let's backtrack. It's not just deliverables. It's it's a combination of that message and the deliverables, right? Because the way they shared the division seemed like it was a game that you wanted to hop onto every day, a couple times a week at least, get in and see what the new thing is happening, and then help your fellow division agents take care of whatever, right? Sure. Ultimately, what ends up happening is people burn through that campaign in a day or two. Mm-hmm. Then they're just free to do whatever is left, and then there is nothing left. Right. Come back every week if you want to. There's still nothing new happening. And the developers are stuck so much fixing what was broken that it took a long time for them to add new things. Sure. You have thoughts on that? Well, definitely if we're comparing it to games of old, I had the thought, I mean, the thought is sort of obvious, but like people sometimes will talk about ways in which um, game developers intend their consumers Mm. to play a game. Right. Um, And that's like a new conversation to be having. Back in the day, games were all linear. They weren't like, they weren't massive in any sense of the word. There wasn't a million different things to do. There was like one story, you progressed it forward. Or it was a puzzle game, or a fighter, or something like that. But like you, you just moved in one direction, probably left to right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's all it was. So, so there wasn't really like another way to play that, you know. So, right. in terms of like developer intent, that's a very new conversation to talk about. Um, which I think some people, when they get caught up in this stuff, do end up talking about that. But there was um, the other thing that I I thought about this too is like. If you want to talk about, like, what makes a game good or what makes it worth the money that you're willing to spend for it, Mm. like, what makes it a good return on investment, to me, like, I never know what the balance... There's three things that I think make games worthwhile, right? Right. One is, like, the amount of playtime, so the amount of time you spend playing it. We spend a lot of time playing, playing Rocket League, right? So that's worth money. Right. Because it's X number of hours of entertainment. If a movie costs $10 and it's two hours long then, like, that's what that's worth. Right. Two hours of time, $10. So, like, if you think of it comparably with video games on a different scale, obviously, because video games are different, there must be... If it's something that you can play a lot, whether that's replay value or just right. gameplay or whatever, then then that's a factor, right? Yeah. And, and in terms of how much it should cost and how sure. much you're willing to pay for it. Another factor is the quality of the game. So does it work? Like, mm-hmm. all the sort of, like, mechanics of it. Does it look good? Like, any of that kind of stuff obviously matters. And then the third thing is the thing you're talking about with Division, which is content, right? So I don't know how long it takes you to get through the campaign of the Division. I don't know if you can estimate how many hours. Yeah, I would say, spent. like, maybe ten hours. Ten hours. So that's the amount of playtime for that, yeah. and that was the end of the content. Yeah, right. Is what you're suggesting, right. more yeah. or less. So, so then it's a question of, is ten hours worth of content enough to make a game worth $60, which I think the division was right. high end. Which is a slippery slope, right? Because sure. you'll fall into a situation... Okay, so, like, there's this kid I know who, like, loves Overwatch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, $40, easy. He dropped that shit in a hat. Yeah. Talks about it all the time. You and I spent an inordinate amount of time playing it this weekend. Because it was free-to-play weekend. And we decided that... 40 dollars because we play on console is still not worth it. Fifty now it's on sale because they're doing this ten dollar off push or whatever. Right. Um, and it's not worth it. But we played a lot. We played a lot, and I think if we bought it, 
we would, we would continue we would, to play it, and we would get well over 10 hours of game right. time with it. Right. But we both agree that it's not worth that amount of money. That's so, correct. So why do we think that? And then it becomes about quality it's and about shit. content. With Overwatch, it's really about content, right? right. Like, there's only, like, there's, like, I don't know, X five modes maps, right, or whatever, yeah, and yeah. however many maps and however many characters, and that's it. That's the end of the content. Right. And for whatever reason, we don't feel like it's enough. Alternatively, I feel like I paid $60 for Super Smash Brothers on the Wii U, probably. Right. Which is kind of similar. There's only so many maps. No more content's being released. There's only so many characters. Yep. You do the same thing every round. Right. Kind of... The, I mean, they do do new stuff with Rocket League, so I don't want to necessarily compare it. But at the end of the day, kind of the same thing. You go in and you play the same match all the time. Right. So to really say what it is, and that, that's why it's like the balance of those three things in just the right way that makes you think what something's worth. Right. You know? And, I mean, it's only worth as much as it's worth to you. But, um, I don't know, it's just an interesting question. Because, like, yeah. if people want to complain about The Division not having enough content, then that's a fine complaint. But I just want to also recognize how much content it does have, right? And this is the same thing that happened when Destiny came right. out. It didn't have as much content as people wanted. People were really pissed. Right. You really liked it anyway. You kept playing. Right. For whatever reason. Right. It was worth it to you. Yeah. In a way that it apparently wasn't worth it to other people. And The Division is certainly worth it. There must be people out there who are still playing that game. Right. Um, we don't know any of them. But, yeah. but And then we know tons of people who are playing Overwatch like crazy. Not just your one super obsessed friend. But right. we have some other friends who, who are playing. Right. A friend of mine recently... I, I tried to ask him if he wanted to play Rocket League with us, and he's like, why don't you guys play Overwatch? I want to play Overwatch with you guys. And I was like, well, we're not playing Overwatch, right. so I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah, yeah so, well, you, so you bring in a good thing, though, in terms about, so that developer intent, right? Mm-hmm. So, if a developer creates a game that is meant to be played a lot... And then the players find out that there's nothing else to do once they hit this wall. Is it the player's fault for going through it too fast? Or is it the developer's fault for creating an environment for players to want to continue to play? And that sounds weird. Because basically what I'm saying is it's the developer's fault for creating a fun game that people want to keep playing. Right. But I believe it's also mixed with some of this marketing message stuff. Right. So let's take... Um, no Man's Sky back, right? Mm-hmm. So I pre-ordered it, like only the week before. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fanboy of it, but I spent 60 bucks. I was like, I want this game, I'm going to play it. I even made a terrible joke that I think is hilarious about breaking up with you for a couple weeks so I could play it. It's not funny. Thank goodness I didn't, because <laughs> I only got like two weeks out of it, really. Yeah. Um, but the wording around this game is that there are 18 quintillion planets. Yeah. That it would take like a billion years if every single person on the planet was playing and found a new planet every five minutes or something like that, you know? Um, so the message they're painting is that this is massive and that mm-hmm. you can keep going. Ultimately, though, you have to push yourself to want to keep going mm-hmm. in a way that Destiny did for me and No Man's Sky didn't. But I know for a fact that some people do feel this way about No Man's Sky, maybe didn't about Destiny. Right. But the developer definitely was talking like that. Right. That you could play this for a really long time and always discover something new. And then Well, and when, you could. You could, but then what ends up happening really in actuality. Sure. But that's but like, like a marketing lie. That's like an okay marketing lie. Well, right, because I land on one planet and there's a fucking hopping mushroom, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I leave, go to like two solar systems over, and then find another fucking hopping mushroom. But he just has a different name. Sure. So from the developer standpoint, that is a new animal mm. because there is a horn somewhere that I can't see. Sure. <laughs> you know? Um, and then that's where it's like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit because like I've already seen jumping mushrooms. Give me a mushroom with legs maybe. Sure. You know, or a mushroom that talks. Sure. Or whatever. So it's both. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I like Minecraft a lot and you don't. Well, I was going to bring this up because I think the interesting thing about this question then when you're talking about developer intent and all this sort of stuff is like, how then would you suggest that a company or a developer measure lasting interest in a game? Because the tough thing is like you played Minecraft in Skyrim forever. Yeah. I can't play either of those games. I played both of those games for like maybe an hour of my life and I was bored. Right. You know? So that becomes a little... And you really love Destiny and you kept playing it during all that time. There was a lot of backlash when there was less content. Right. Um, and obviously they made more content so that kept you playing. And, right. may, and maybe you wouldn't have if there weren't more content. But you, you saw through that for some reason in a way that other people who are playing Destiny weren't willing to. Yeah. And it's like... I, I just don't know how you suggest to these people how that's measured. And for me, because I'm, I'm like more of an old school gamer and I come from an old school mentality, like replay value is worth something to me. So I, I don't do it a lot anymore because there's too many other games I want to play. But like, I think playing Tomb Raider again would be really fun. I've played The Last of Us twice and we're actually embarking on a sort of third time. We're yeah. halfway through that. I don't know if we'll get back to it or not, but whatever. Right. I started it a third time and that's... That's replay value, and that game already had probably at least twenty hours worth of content. Yeah. Um, so that's worth a lot, you know. But again, like I don't know how you measure what people are going to want to play or not, especially when it varies from person to person. You know, like they—I mean, I guess they have to figure out how to please whoever they're targeting. But right. I'm sure there's people out there who are very happy with No Man's Sky. Well, you're disappointed. It definitely is, yes. And I'm sure there were people who are happy with the division. Again, we don't know them, but right. <laughs> but I'm sure there are people who really enjoyed that game and and don't feel bitter about right. it. Well, I will say I liked the division for what it was. Yeah, Pro- you seem to really enjoy that yeah. more than Norm- No Man's Sky. If I had probably to not say. worth the sixty dollars, or rather, maybe worth it, but it was just a little disappointing for that price tag for me. Right. But to me. Destiny, Division, Minecraft, Skyrim, right? Mm-hmm. I think have really good, you know, opinion-wise, really good core gameplay mechanics. Um, so you're talking quality now. Or just to get back to those sure, three characteristics yeah. I mentioned, you're talking about something in the quality of the gaming experience. Well, so what ends up happening, right, is that it either has nothing everything or more of something and less than other things right sure. but if one of those other attributes are in such high abundance it might be able to let people to overlook those things it's lacking right so the division core gameplay was pretty fun but not fun enough for me to keep going as long as i did with destiny which is honestly a little bit how you and i feel about overwatch right not to bring it back to a whole nother thing but we both had a lot of fun playing that game. I think we'd continue to have fun if we kept playing it, but we don't feel like it's enough fun to make it worthwhile for us right, right now. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's true. Which is a personal preference, because obviously people that's disagree exactly with that. exactly right, yes. Uh, and that's what I was going to say about Destiny, because a lot of people came back during Destiny's last um, DLC, which was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so to me what that says is that the developers made a good game there just wasn't enough game but if they the division is like this really weird case and i think i bring it up in a way that the division was destiny was treated almost like a pc game Mm -hmm. because you can play a pc game and the developers have to give updates, you know, new menu features, yep. um, updated graphics, fix this bug or whatever, in a way that Ocarina of Time never had to deal with. No, totally that not. Game, game is done. Yep. Right. So I got into this debate a little while ago about, um, you know, there are bugs in those old games. Sure. But they weren't game breaking. Yeah, and we used to call break- them glitches and they used to be kind of fun. Correct. And, <laughs> and sometimes, like, it was kind of hard. Yeah. To find those things. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a shitty situation where you're fucking running around Peach's Castle in Mario 64 and you slide down the stairs and fall through the world. I actually have a great example. It's my favorite gaming glitch of all my childhood. Um, So in Harvest Moon 64, you get married eventually and eventually your wife has a baby. And if you have built a kitchen in your house, there's like a a spot um, of like, so like the room is there and around it is just like black on the screen. Right. And there's a weird spot where you can accidentally throw your baby into the blackness and it'll just cry for the rest of the game and you can't get it out and you don't have a baby anymore. But it's not dead because it keeps crying every time you go into the kitchen. Right. It's not dead. It's definitely not the the ghost of your baby haunting you. (laughs) It could be. It could be. Good point. Right. But uh, yeah, just like weird glitches like that could happen. Right. Like you had to do something really specific to Really specific. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very specific, like this corner right here in such a way that you can drop the baby into this hole that you can't see, basically. Like not in the same way, though, where like in the division where you queue up to do a mission with anybody. And then it just won't start the mission. Yep. That's not fun. Not fun. Not no. funny. Not funny. <laughs> and there was nothing I could do, you yep. know? And it's and it happened, uh-huh. like, commonly. Right. Nobody was accidentally dropping their baby in this hole. Somebody, uh, like, figured that out somehow right. at one point, and right. then everybody learned about it, and then maybe people went to do it because they thought it was funny, too. Right. Or whatever, but, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, even things where you look at speedruns and stuff, like, you know, this debate I was into, people brought that up, like, oh, they're all glitches, that's what speedrunners do. Sure. But it's part of those speedrunners' skill set to perfectly mimic those bugs to work in their favor. It's true. You know, so and, and it's not easy to do. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally different than when Assassin's Creed Unity comes out and you're in a cutscene and the character doesn't have a fucking face. It's just lips and eyeballs. Yeah. You know? And the in the inside of their hat. Yeah, and again, not a huge deal, but since we've talked about the Walking Dead and Telltale games, oh, those yeah. are like Whatever, like it's constantly happening that the dialogue continues, shit, yeah. but the screen is frozen yeah. and like buggy shit like that, and that's just bad quality to yeah. your game making because it's not like complete and it doesn't work. We like the story, though, and that's why it has enough of this other thing that we can be like, "Fuck, fine, I'll wait five minutes and let sure. it queue up." Sure. Also, uh, it doesn't really stop you from playing the game; it's just annoying. Like the thing you're talking right. about in Division stopped you from being able to right. play, so right. that's really like beyond right. a problem. Yeah. Well, and then so for me, that's what I feel about like No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Like there's no story. Right. So to me, that means the gameplay needed to be there. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Right. So I was like, well, why play? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I I don't know. Like the gameplay mechanics themselves aren't bad, and the worlds are beautiful. The planets. Mm. So, again, at some point, too, because you're talking about Minecraft, right? Like, and you think that's a really quality gameplay game. 
but I disagree only insofar as I don't enjoy playing it, which is, I think, sort of how you feel about No Man's Sky. I don't think the gameplay right. is faulty. Right, totally. Well, because, again, stretch. those people... You just don't enjoy playing it. Well, because those people do like the pretty planets, and they're right. okay with landing on all of the shit planets. Sure. And that's totally fine. Just and like the, you want to build a house in Minecraft, and I'm like, why am I doing anything? You know, it's just how we both... Right. That's... It, it's It's... I mean, you don't. It's you, an equivalent. You don't or wouldn't like either game, though. Right. It's right. true. That's true. To be fair. So, yeah. yeah. No. Good point. Um, but so the difference, though, to me between Minecraft and a No Man's Sky, though, is like Minecraft, to me, really was upfront about what it is. Yeah. It's a big, ugly, fucking square game. You collect blocks, and they didn't tell you how to play. Right. And that was like the point. Right. No Man's Sky, though, is like supposed to be really pretty. Right. Um, and then it's really weird when their random algorithm thing, you know, has like a big, cool looking dinosaur, but its face is like an asshole, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And it's like weird. And I get it. It's randomly generated. But like sure. Darwin would not understand why this animal would still be alive because what is the evolutionary trait that made butthole face <laughs> <laughs> better than all the other sure, animals right. that extinct before I landed on it, you know? Right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there just needs to be one or the other. In the same way that Last of Us, I think, can get buggy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ellie moves in weird ways, and the AI yeah. doesn't notice her when it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, Joel sometimes will get stuck in places, or melee attacks will miss its, mar- miss its mark and shit like that. Yeah. Inconsistencies with clickers, but... That story is fucking solid. Yeah, and I mean, that bugginess, again, isn't stopping you from playing the game. It can still move forward. It hasn't stopped it. And it's, I mean, it's not, like, hugely prevalent. It doesn't happen every time you go into a scene. But it needed something, though. Yeah. Like, if it was a fine story and it was that buggy, maybe that game would be significantly less enjoyable. Right. But because that story was great... Yeah. You were okay with yelling the bugginess. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean... Because imagine you play that first mission, so I won't spoil it or whatever, but you play that first mission and, like, you just can't. You get stuck As behind Sarah. something. You mean? Is that the mission that, you That whole to? part. Okay. The various people you play during that part. Gotcha. But yeah, if you got stuck in any one of those situations, I mean, that's your first 10 minutes of the game. Right. So the game's crap. Right. You know? <laughs> but sure. it worked well enough right. to get to the point where the other buggy things happened. Right. And by that point, the story had hooked us already. Yeah. But that, So I guess that's my point, though, is that, like, games need to be really strong somewhere to fix shortcomings that they have but their shortcomings can't be like terrible they can't be like right. you can't not start a mission no shit, i mean know? this all makes sense i mean it and it, uh, it can apply to anything not just video games right well yeah i was thinking while i was walking the dog earlier about um you know expectations about movies too sure because of the internet culture that we live in and i don't want to dive too much into the movies because we talk about movies all the time sure um but i think there's something innately personal about video games because it's your experience and time commitment into it you know we play Last Maybe. of Us and it's Joel's story. Yeah. But you're the one who did Joel's stuff. Right. And you sat there for 10 hours as opposed to two hours. And, you know. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, too, is, and we can move on a little bit to talk about this, is like, because, at least for us, so I can't speak to young kids who are playing these games now. Maybe they'll feel very differently than we do. But because we come from a place in which our games worked. Right. In which, um, 
there weren't like there wasn't a proliferation of video games either. Like there were a few systems, but like right now there's I think more more than ever, and obviously there's more than ever that exist in the past right. that you can continue to play or whatever too. Um, but I just feel like more games are getting made. Video games have become a much bigger industry than I think they were. And because more stuff is getting made, like, it's affecting the quality of the content. Mm. Because developers now must produce more content and in order to survive, right? right? So because now they have to produce 10 games instead of one really good game. Right. All those games are going to be only a tenth of what that one game would have been in terms of its quality. Yeah, theoretically. So I just feel like we get a lot more, like, you know, if you really want to go all the way back to, like, 1985, even 1990, like, you didn't have a lot of, like, random crap video games. Like, if you look at the library for the NES, like, I don't know, however many games are on that list, I'd say at least 75% of them are, like, classics. Right. Solid fucking games. Right. Now, of course, we get kids' games, which I'm not going to say are crap, but, like, we get that. But on top of that, too, we get fucking... Games based on failed movies like <laughs> King Arthur, which is one of my favorite games for the GameCube, but it is a crap game. But you bought it, and that's why they keep doing it, Amanda. I know. I, well, I play it all the time, so I got my money's worth. Yeah, whatever. But like, fair. all I'm saying is like all this stuff. Like, I have two different Buffy the Vampire Slayer video games, and I know there was more than that. I played a third, and they are crap. Like that is crap games. Like really, like. The lowest level of crap gaming there is. And, like, The Division or these other things you're complaining about as disappointments are nothing compared to the crap of those games. You know what I mean? That's true, too, yep. And I just think we have a lot more of that than we ever had before. And maybe we're more prone to feel disappointed because... Because, like, back in the day, every game that came out was great. Right. You know? Like, it was, like, really, like, top level when we were kids. Well, let me say this, too. Movies did this thing, which I think is good, that allows movies that aren't the same caliber as Mad Max Fury Road or Episode 7 for Star Wars to not have to directly compete with those movies. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, you know, VOD, digital streaming services, all that kind of stuff in a way that, I mean, aside from PC gaming and I, you know, PC Master Race, whatever. Right. Uh, we're console gamers. You we're and console I. gamers, right? So that's, there, that's what we're talking about. There's not a lot of options for that. Mm-hmm. Like Overwatch. Yeah, I mean, would make lower sense price as a lower points price is the only game. way you could do it. Well, right. right, and then like so they can cut some overhead by not physically manufacturing discs. Sure. For one, right? Because then if I can't ever get a DVD copy of, I don't know, uh, the sequel to fucking Paranorman or something sure. made by some other company instead of Black Eye. Right. right. <laughs> um, and it's only available digitally. I would think that aside from whatever their regular production cost is, they wouldn't charge an arm and a leg for the digital copy because there's no disc. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a bullshit thing about buying games digitally. The right, because they're still 60 bucks. Same right. price, right. That's bullshit. And I could buy, like, I could buy Vanilla Destiny right now for like right. $7. Sure. But if I tried to buy it on a console, like digitally, it's probably like 30 or 40 yeah. bucks. Yeah, it's bullshit too. Yeah, which is like nuts. Um, and because of that, I think like, I think No Man's Sky could have been a really great proper independent game. Yeah. But it got bolstered to this Sony exclusive, um, you know, triple A game price point. Mm-hmm. 
So it's really disappointing for sixty dollars. I think it would have been great for twenty. Yeah. You know, pretty good for thirty. Yeah. Forty even. Yeah. But sixty dollars just like I need Last of Us. Right. You know? I yeah. need all those other the greatest games that game I've enjoyed. You've ever right, right, yeah. yeah. For sixty dollars because you're saying that you're just as good as all those other things. It's true. In the same way that Mr. Wright, mm-hmm. that Anna Kendrick movie, mm-hmm. and Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. <laughs> Um, was not a wide release movie. No. That was limited release. Right. Because they fucking know. Right. <laughs> They're like, this is not the born identity. This right. is a totally different thing. So I think the gaming industry needs to incorporate this into some of their pricing structure. And also, too, then it would just allow developers not to have to pretend that their game is worth $60. Right. <laughs> they, like these the grow home game and then grow up now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to buy grow up. Yeah. I might even do it tonight. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. Okay. But it's $10. It's $10, right. So it only has to be as good as a $10 game. And if it goes above and beyond that, then it's a fucking great and game. And $10 is like fucking nothing. $10, yeah. if you lost $10 out of your pocket on the street, I mean, you'd be bummed. Right. You'd rather not lose $10. Right. But like, it's only $10. I mean, $10 is lunch. Yeah. You know? That's like going to Applebee's with your folks. Right. And eating a burger and fries. Sure. Um. And that's just one thing. You sit down, you eat your burger, and you take a dump later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this game... I don't. It, well, that's right, because girls don't poop. I'm just kidding. She dumps everywhere. I dump everywhere. I take lots of shits. She dumps like a truck. <laughs> as Cisco says. Don't do it. That's not what he says. Is that how that lyric goes? Dumps like a truck? No. I'm pretty sure it's dumps like a truck. Is it really? Well, you search it while you're talking. That's like what? What? Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> All night <laughs> That's We're gross. Gonna, Is that what he means by that? Because she's got a big old booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, so for $10, I can play this game. And if I like it enough and I play it for weeks, then like, again, if we're talking about time versus dollars, then it's totally worth $10. Yeah. Um, yeah. So It's I, worth I, more than $10. Honestly, Grow Home, not, I know this, it's not a long game, so I guess that's a thing, but Grow Home is a better game than some games you might have paid 60 bucks for. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because it, I mean, it I, works and it's fun and it's good and it's whatever, you know? It's true. I mean, honestly, Grow Home, I paid $8 for. Yeah. And it was more fun than like almost, aside from Rocket League, any like PlayStation Plus game I ever got. Yeah. Um,. I mean, it's more fun than some of the old games I've played that I really like, too, you know? Well, and you've played it a couple times, too, because this is the thing that I can't get over, too, because I still have all my old systems, and I always want to play old shit, and you never do. Right. But I, I like I like to replay games. I right. like to play things that I've played before. Um, and it, it's crazy to me that we've gotten into this culture of, like, nobody replays anything anymore. And, in fact, like, everybody trades in their games after they finish playing them and stuff like that. Like, I don't think – I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who are listening to this podcast who are like, I replay my games all the time. So good for you. So fuck you, dude. <laughs> we get so it. good for you. But, like, I, but I do feel like it's really changed in a way. Like, people mm. didn't used to trade in Nintendo 64 games the way they trade in PS4 games or PS3 games yeah. or whatever or Wii U games for yeah. that matter. There's – I don't know. Well, I will say, so we haven't mentioned it, but it's definitely worth mentioning that online gameplay is definitely a huge factor in shaping the context That's in which we play games point. today. Yep. Overwatch is only Overwatch because you play it online. Yep. You know, it wouldn't get away with half that shit if it was just playing against bots. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, we're talking about servers, which is constant 
money from the developers to have to continue to run. Mm-hmm. So at some point, it's just not worth it for them and they stop. So yeah. 15 years from now, Overwatch will just technically be useless unless you're we'll playing private play matches because yeah. we'll be able to play it. Right. So that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Call of Duty comes out like every year. Yeah. So, you know, who's still playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare? One. Nobody. Because right? now we're at Advanced Warfare and Space right. Warfare and fucking... Is Space Warfare a real game? I don't know if it's called Space Warfare. That isn't, oh. Is there a game set in space? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and it's a Call of Duty game. That's nuts, so. Um Right, but that's the thing. It's like some people are playing the last version, some people are playing the new version, and then a new sure. version will come out, and then all the old versions will stop going, and then those yeah. won't be carried anymore. So that's that's definitely part of it. Well, and that's some bullshit too. I mean, the thing about your you're saying about servers actually makes sense about why people might be charging sixty dollars for Overwatch, even though it's not worth it, because theoretically that can keep the servers going, like because they're not going to get more money out of us after we've paid our sixty dollars. Well, us, they do have right. But there are in-game stuff. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's not the substantial amount of money that sixty dollars for purchasing the game in the first place is comparatively. Right. I would imagine in terms of keeping that shit running. Um, but it is, it's really crazy because then you paid $60 for a thing that has a fucking timeline. Like, however long the servers are going to go on. You said 15 years. I don't know if I even believe that. Right. I mean, you'd have to have people to play with. So if people stop playing it in five years, then well, it's done. Well, right. And that's the thing, too. Company or you're or not, waiting no for matches so long. Right. right. Yeah. So right. let's say it has five years. Then you paid $60 for something that you can only have for five years. If I paid $60 for The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and I still fucking play it in 2016, which I do, then, like, come on. Like, you know what I mean? It's like stuff... It, I don't know. That that always pisses me off. Sure. It just like pisses I mean, me off. You bought a thing. Like I bought a DVD. Unless it stopped working, that DVD is mine and it's mine for life as long as I can find a player to play it on. Right. You know? Well, and I mean that's the thing though, right? Like VHS tapes. I mean, yeah. I, sure. I haven't owned a VCR in a long time and not you had a VCR like 2 years ago. I did. <laughs> <laughs> right? So VCRs to me Three have or been useless. 4 years ago, right. but yeah. Yeah, it's still um, not a VCR. And also, I mean, I played Ocarina of Time. You sure. made me. Yeah, no. And I enjoyed finishing it for sure. But sure. it was a really tough experience because modern games just play better. Yeah. Well, but also like says you, I like to go back and play all my old shit. And it's because Which I've played great, it before that it I'm before. okay with Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's I what I mean though because those old games back. don't hold up. Yeah. If you've never played them before. Sure. In a way that, but then there's a line, right? Because everybody can go back and play Mario. Right. Because it's still a model. Yeah. Well, I'm playing uh, Link to the Past right now for the first time right. on the SNES. And that's just like the current Pokemon games that come out, too. Yep. You know? So there are just some... in first-person shooters generally, too, aside from maybe yep. looking like shit. Like, GoldenEye plays just as well as anything else, really. Right. But you look at something like... I don't know. <laughs> but, like, Halo might be tough. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, the original Halo. In a way that um, GoldenEye isn't tough. But sure. no one plays the campaign for GoldenEye, right? Right. Like that game I blew up to it. have three other people in the room with you playing it. Yep. Totally. Overwatch does not want you to play with anybody in the same room. I know. You that, and I had the most fun when we were too. at our own apartments we playing did. with each other, you know? We really did. So, yeah, online gaming definitely is a huge factor in, like, changing the way games are marketed and stuff. Because that's where that replay replayability comes in 
Another thing that has, like, completely obviously gone out that I don't know about you, but I used to utilize sometimes, too, when you talk about expectations and hype and that sort of thing, is I used to rent video games from Blockbuster for mm. a week for $5 or whatever. Right. And if I liked it, I'd buy it. And sure. if I didn't, then I got to try this thing for $5. So the renting of video games going out of style is also kind of irritating to me. Because, like, No Man's Sky, for example, if you had just played a demo of it or something... Right. Even if you were like played it in GameStop or something, like well, you might you might idea. not have bought it, yeah, because you'd you'd have had it in your hands and actually played it, you know. Well, that's a great point. Is that I miss demos, mm-hmm. but demos were a very short window, yeah. Because I mean, I don't know if Nintendo ever had demos. Maybe they, for GameCube. Yeah, for the GameCube, I, I specifically know that I have a disc that I don't know what it came with, but it says like bonus disc on it, and there's like five or six demos on right. it. Right. Yeah. Um, for games that I never but bought, like, but like some of those demos are fun. Sure, but like there were no cartridge demos. Mm-hmm. Um, PlayStation did have demos, but I don't remember PS2 having demos. Yeah. Um, where some games have beta periods, mm-hmm. which is great, but they're timed, which right. is tough. Yeah, if you're busy or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Overwatch doing this free-to-play weekend, I think, was great. I'm like, I'm sure it's going to bolster sales. I'm curious how much. Yeah. Um, and you and I were curious, too, about, like, who were we playing with? Right. Were we just playing with free-to-play people on their own servers, or were we playing with actual... Right. Yeah. And honestly, know. I didn't feel like we were ever outmatched. So it must have been a bunch of free-to-play people. Maybe people who played way more than we did this yeah, weekend. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I didn't think we ever ran into someone who's been playing for Pro- a month or two. Yeah, that's probably true. Um... But yeah, just because a trailer works better for a movie because you're going to watch a movie. Right. But a trailer for a video game is tough because I need to play it. You need to know what those buttons are in your hands. Because even gameplay trailers, and I much more appreciate a gameplay trailer any day of the week. Right, than like a cutscene. Personally. Um, But even that doesn't let you know like how that feels in your hand when you do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the best way to sell a game honestly is to let people play it for 10 minutes. I mean, honestly, all you need is like 10 or 15 minutes, really, like just right. to get a sense of the thing. Um, I guess a little bit depends on the game. but Like, I remember I got into Metal Gear. So Metal Gear, like Link to you and Zelda and all that jazz is like Snake and Metal Gear to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember I, I first played Metal Gear on a jam pack disc on Christmas Day. I got my PlayStation, the original one. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this jam-packed disc, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell this Metal Gear game is, but I'll play it. But it, that disc is just a bunch of demos? That's what that yeah, means? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah jam Pack was the brand or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, and it was like two hours long. It was a substantial demo. demo, because that That's game is like crazy. 20 hours. I've never seen demos longer than like a half an hour. Well, and I do remember other demos too. Like I played, I think Bomberman was on that disc also. Mm. Uh to me, a funner version than your complicated N64 Bomberman. N64 Bomberman sucks. Yeah, yeah Bomberman 64 is But I trash. think the whole demo had like a 10-minute timer. So I could play as many rounds as I want until 10 minutes was up, and then the demo was over. Oh, I and see. then I could restart it. Gotcha. Um, so we could do that too. But right. like they just have to – and I understand why. And, I'm, and I'm, I know I'm debating against myself here. But the developer has to take time to make a demo, which takes away time from pu- publishing games, which are already delayed all the fucking time. And ultimately months. is probably going to make them less money because uh, some people are going to play it and not like it. And those people might have bought the game. And they only care about who bought it. They don't really care if you liked it or not. <laughs> if right. you spent the money on it. You know what I mean? Sure. But I mean like... I don't think demos serve companies. I think that's why they Well, they could do stop them. doing trailers though. Right. You know? It's true. I mean, if we are under the impression... Well, that and if your game is great, a demo will serve you. Absolutely. Right. So, 
right and make it, a be, fucking great game and it's the same <laughs> reason why you know Kevin Smith doesn't let critics screen his movie before release dates because yeah. he knows they're going to shit on it. Right. So then we get it. You think your game's terrible. Don't release a demo. We'll all go in with that expectation and we'll still decide if we want to buy it or not. Sure. Like that's just a choice of the developer. Right. But yeah, they need to change some other things to kind of quell these thoughts that we all have about being lied to or not having enough content or whatever because if we play it, then we know. Yeah, and again, I do want to, like, push some of that back onto the consumers, only because I feel like I don't know how we've gotten to this place where consumers think that they, like, deserve so much. And maybe maybe they do, but, like, people have gotten real fucking salty about shit. I mean, just before this, we were talking about the iPhone 7. Like, mm. that shit is ridiculous how angry people are at the choices that Apple made. And... uh I understand why. I understand that they're disappointed and all this sort of stuff. But, like, it, it's it's crazy the, like, level that consumers have. But but maybe they should. Pe- stuff should work or whatever. Stuff should do what you need it to do. Right. You know? And if it doesn't work, then I can understand why people feel, like, so betrayed. But I do mm-hmm. think, and it's partially because of the internet, because you can go on the internet and say whatever the fuck you want. Right. Um, in mass, then it becomes like, but it, it's so overwhelming to me whenever these things happen, whether it's people upset about No Man's Sky or people upset about the iPhone 7 or whatever, that like, it's just crazy. And there's a point too, also, I um, I listened to a story, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'll, I'll come back, I promise. I listened to a story, I think it was on This American Life, they did a whole thing about um, L.L. Bean, because mm. you know L.L. Bean has that like, lifetime, warranty. lifetime guarantee thing, so... And they, like, interviewed a bunch of people who had worked on the re- at the returns desk at L.L. Bean. And, like, some of the craziest shit people came in with. Like, some guy who'd been wearing a shirt for 10 years and it had a hole in it. And he came in to return it because he wanted a new shirt. And they have to say yes because that's right. L.L. Bean's policy. But these people who worked at the desk were, were saying, like, at some point, like, didn't you get your money's worth out of that thing? You right. wore that shirt for 10 years. Right. I have the same ba- fucking backpack I've had since the sixth grade that I still carry around every day because it's an L.O. Bean backpack and I've had it replaced five times since I was 11. And I've recently been thinking about replacing it again. And I, whenever I heard this episode, I was like, hasn't it like served me enough? If I paid $60 for this backpack and it lasted me 15 fucking years, like, isn't that enough? Like how much does this backpack really owe me? And so there's, there becomes this point, too, where, like, consumers will do shit because they can get away with it. Right. In the same way that, of course, marketers will do shit because they can get away with it. But it's, like, to complain about... I mean, I understand people think The Division has lack of content or whatever. But if it was fun to play and it was fun to play for 10 hours, maybe you think the price point was a little high and that's something you can complain about. But that isn't any reason to go onto a YouTube video and say, this is the worst fucking game ever. I can't... But, like, all the sort of, like, really like, hate and vitriol that, like, comes out of that is, like, you had a really fun 10 hours, didn't you? You know, like, and what is that worth? And, like, how how much can you demand more than right. that? And, like, you know, it becomes, like... So, again, marketers are getting crazier and crazier, but consumers are getting crazier and crazier. And I feel like I can't really blame one side or the other for that. Yeah, but those no, both those things are feeding into each other and just, like, making a spiral down this fucking rabbit hole of everybody being miserable all the time. Mm-hmm. Which I can't stand. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what to do. But like, do people feel so betrayed? Like, how dare you, Apple, right. take away my headphone jack? Sure. It's like they create technology. That's what they do. That's what they decided to do. If you're not happy about it, don't buy it. I don't know what to tell you. you well, know? I mean, look. If you've already bought it, 
that's kind of unfortunate. If the iPhone 7 came out and it didn't work after everybody bought it. Yeah. I mean, I want to say no one bought it up until the keynote, right? Because it wasn't announced yet. Right. Like, we all knew it was coming, whatever. They say their announcement, then people do pre-orders. But true. they already go in knowing that. It's true. So I think it's fine for that knee-jerk reaction that's going to happen. You know, we talked about this the other day, but everybody who's complaining about Pokemon Go for the two weeks it was huge, or who complained about the Super Bowl the one day it happened, right. or the fucking World Cup the month it happens, like fucking get over it. Yeah, it's, it's the just internet news. And you it's deal news with it. for now, and that's what it is. Right. Yep. So, so whatever, that's fine. But in terms of, I mean, it's just about where is this company leading me as a consumer? So, mm-hmm. if the division made it sound like finishing the story is just the beginning. Hmm? And then that's the ending. Right. That's disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointing. That's um, true. That's in good the point. same way where if you've been dedicated to Apple since the original iPhone or realistically like iPhone 3 or whatever. Sure. Because we're all babies here. <laughs> um, and now you feel like you have so much stock in this technology that when they're introducing this new thing, you kind of feel lost. I could also see why there would be this negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Because your whole music library is on iTunes. Sure. Um, you know, all the movies you download is on iTunes. You use Mac Mail and yada yada, whatever. So you're kind of in a spot now where they've made this kind of big thing, especially mm-hmm. if it affects you. Right. And you're like, well, what do you do with all that right, stuff? Right, because you feel stuck. Because the rest so, of your life is Apple. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to – I wouldn't criticize – I mean, but in Apple's situation though, and I said it to you the other day, like someone has to innovate. Yep. So if they really feel like it's going to do it, you know, I'm curious to see where it goes. But personally, I don't like it. And I was concerned that it's going to affect my technology because I'm not an Apple user. Right. Um, in the same way that I think games follow a similar path, you know. Um, I don't want the division to be the shining beacon of shared world shooters because it didn't do it. Right. It wasn't good enough. Yeah. Right. So I don't want someone else to create another division. Right. Like get away from it or do something do it differently mm-hmm. um so that's our job as consumers to be aware that if the division two comes out you fucking wait but similarly um it's just hard because where do you get the information mm-hmm. you know if i could i can go to two different blogs and look at reviews for no man's sky one's going to be an eight one's going to be a six yeah and that's pretty big yeah Um, Because six is like, it's a game that works. Yep. Eight is like, I like this game. Right. But who do I read from, you know? That's true. So it's tricky. There's no answers. But gaming's changed. The way we play games has changed. Mm -hmm. And the way people try to sell games to us has changed. Totally. And um, I don't know. It's fucked. Yeah, again, it just brings... I just keep getting back to this question of like, okay, so like what... What is it that we expect companies to do, though, when there's so many people with so many varying opinions, like mm. you said, um, you know, because you might want to complain to who, um, what's the guy's name who developed No Man's Sky? Uh, Sean Murray. Yeah, so you might want to go tell Sean Murray to go kill himself or whatever. I mean, that's the dick version of it. But you might want to write a carefully thought out list of criticisms of No Man's Sky to Sean yeah. Murray. Um but, you know, this reviewer over here fucking loved the game. So right. what do you expect Sean Murray to do about that? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard when it becomes about, like, like opinions, likes and dislikes, right? There are some things, like, that are kind of clear-cut. I really like that King Arthur game. It's my opinion. Yeah. 
But I'm also here to tell you it's a shit fucking game. And I could, if somebody wanted to write to those developers and say that they should have made a better game, they would be completely in the right. But the thing with Sean Murray is like a little tough, right? Because like it, it comes down to an opinion on a thing that is clearly good enough. Right. It's just not as good as you wanted it to be. So let me pose this question to you. People like it. People don't like it. Mm-hmm. Should Sean Murray just be like, fuck you to the people who bought it and were disappointed and are looking for answers? I know. Or should he not even convince them, but just create a dialogue? Personally, I feel he, there should be a dialogue. I mean, a dialogue seems seems nice and warranted so long as the people who are talking to him are also being kind and But even like the assholes or it. whatever, because even in well, the, you in can the slurs address a troll. of... Sure, but I mean, like, if there's something valid amongst the profanity and hate speech, sure. you know, I think it's worth bringing up. And obviously you don't cite that specific version of the right. question, right? <laughs> right, yeah, but if there's ten people bringing up a thing, you should right. note that thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That um, I agree with. In a way that, like... There's you, nothing wrong with having the dialogue. Sure, well, and because games, especially Otherwise it now, feels like a fuck you, even if it's not. Right. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, because there was a running total on... Um, our No Man's Sky the game, which is a subreddit for that game, uh, about how Sean Murray hadn't tweeted anything since, like, a day after the PC release of that game. Right. So he's gone, like, dark, basically. Right. Um, but someone used to tweet all the time. Yes, so it's and like, someone's got to speak thing. for it. Yep. You know? Um, because there are concerns. Mm-hmm. The No Man's Sky subreddit is, much, is a much happier place now. Mm-hmm. But because everybody didn't like the game left... And aren't right. playing the game. Right. And some people would say, well, good riddance to you, right? Right. But we all had faith in this thing. Right. And we are disappointed that it's not what it is. And we left that community. Mm-hmm. And it was a group of people that were willing to buy in already. So a situation where there's no communication or whatever is really tough. In a way, that Destiny didn't have that problem. They maybe couldn't say stuff all the time because of NDAs and developer issues or whatever. Sure. But there was a community manager who was on those messaging boards every other day being like, hey, listen, we hear you. Mm-hmm. Like, I see it. Like, right. This is me. Well, especially for stuff that, like, literally didn't work. As opposed to, like, again, like, I don't like your game. Because it's tough. It's like, not everybody's going to like everything. And so when you talk about, like, people who have complaints, and if they're valid complaints, I understand they should be taken to account or at least acknowledged. I understand what you're saying. But, like... You might have a valid complaint about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but, like, there's a ton of people who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. And so, at the end of the day, Joss, it doesn't really care what you think because, like, he's got to worry about the people who care about him and his show. Right. You know? So, it just becomes, like, a tough thing. Like, you... Because you, you can't... In a perfect world, we could all worry about everybody, right? But, like, yeah. the reality of it is you can't worry about everybody. Right. And so, if there's somebody who's already going to stop playing your game who has valid complaints... Why listen to his complaints when maybe somebody who continues to like your game has a different valid complaint right. to make? You know what I mean? You're going to pick that guy's stuff first. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, and that's kind of like where they l- sat with that. They're like, you know, we're working on fixing the issues mm-hmm. and then we'll get to the other stuff. Right. And I get that too, but there's also part of it where it's like, all we're asking for is answers. You don't have to go into the technical aspect. And sure. I don't need you to sit in a round table and get... And this is not just No Man's Sky, but this is everywhere. This isn't just video games either. Right. Because this happens like in politics. This happens in everything all well, the time. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's I'm, I'd am i be over 
stating the importance of a consumer in a company's existence if I said, you know, we made them, right? Because right. No Man's Sky was this little game and everybody's talking about it, but they don't owe us anything. Right. Because... But we did pay for it. You did. And as a consumer, if we feel dissatisfied, as you said, there should be something. Right. And, there, and this is and what I'm saying. as politicians, when we vote for them, yep. there should be some accountability. Yeah, and if you feel dissatisfied, yeah. No, right. it's totally true. I mean, it's why I bring up L.L. Bean as a really great example, because there's a million people who walk into L.L. Bean actually dissatisfied with their tent or right. their boots right. or whatever, and they deserve to be able to return it, no questions asked. Right. That's why they came up with this policy. Right. Right? But the problem with it is, is like, at what point like there's going to always be consumers who are who are taking advantage of a thing right you know and you can't really L.L. Bean hasn't made any move to change that policy but like at some point like how much are you going to let people get away with really right like you've had that shirt for 10 years it has a hole in it like one hole <laughs> yeah but <laughs> then know? but then you have to also think about like that brand solidarity that they're creating for the price that it costs them. Well, and that's why they continue to do right. it. It costs them really, like they're spending, what, $5 out of pocket or some shit sure. to give that guy a new shirt that really costs $40, right? Yeah. Um, and that guy's going to go back and say, L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean's the best, yeah. And no, then, it's true, and know. that's why they do it, because they think that that, whatever, that right. word of mouth of how good they are about returns is going to earn them more money than whatever it costs to return this well, shit. Well, and not for nothing, so that guy's going to wear the same shirt forever, right? Right. But later on when he needs boots... Right, he might he'll come back go there. Yeah. Yep, that's true. And sure, maybe he'll never buy more boots again because he'll have the one pair for the rest of his life till he dies. Right. But, um, you know, that's still a sale. It's true, but it's a stance. It's a stance yeah. they're taking. And, and I think the point is, like, as much as companies can be unreasonable, and we hate companies, right. you and I, um, it like, people can be unreasonable also. Right. And I just think that's also worth noting. Like just because you didn't like a game doesn't mean Sean Murray needs to personally apologize to you. Right. You know? No, and it's true. And I, that's not the situation with No Man's Sky, so I'm not trying right, to right. say that. But, like, you know. So, I, I pulled up his account here. Okay. August 18th was the last time Sean Murray tweeted. Okay. From at No Man's Sky. We are totally focused on customer support right now. Then we'll move on to improving and adding features to the game. As far as I know, no one from this company has said anything again since. They've right. released patches yep. to fix some of that stuff, but there's no commentary. And honestly, it's like bedside manner. Yeah, that's like an empty promise. But that's the thing. Like, what do you feel better with? The fact that he said that or if he said nothing? No, but that's what I'm saying. This is the least he could have done. Yeah. The fact that he's not saying anything else, though, is still bothersome. Because gotcha. if a patient has cancer, the doctor doesn't just walk past that room. <laughs> sure. He's got to tell the guy he's got cancer, right? Right. Then he has to say, these are treatments, or this is how you can make everything easier, or all those other things that it's their fucking job to do. Right. Similarly, if everybody, if he expects people to continue to hop on every day, the least he can do, or somebody, hire a fucking fresh out of college kid who has to get all of his words approved by somebody. Sure. To send out a tweet and say, hey, you know, we're still here. Right. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, just let us know. Because then the 20 people that left maybe would have been reduced to only 10 people even. Sure. You know, and 10 more people are like, all right. I can wait, you right. know, and that's the thing, and that and that's what I mean. I don't want them to go into the specifics that like, oh, this binary code doesn't work with fucking da 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 da. Right, right, right. But just say like, you know, we get it and we see it all. I mean, it's a dangerous thing to fall into too, and not because of like, if we think of politicians, right? Like, you just want somebody to acknowledge, like, oh, I I understand, right. blah blah blah. But when you keep going back to that politician a hundred times over the next ten years of their career, and they keep saying, oh, I understand. 
we'll get there. Right. Like at some point you're like, that's worse. It's worse to hear. So it's like a very fine line thing. I, I'm sure Sean Murray doesn't want to keep making promises that they're working on these things. If those things aren't happening as quickly as consumers clearly want them to be happening. Cause they should have happened before the games are released. Right. Um, I mean, but it's been if he a just month. keeps saying that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So maybe it's time for a new update now, right. but like if he kept saying that every week, you'd be livid. I think. I think most people would be uh, Unless they were specific. But if it's going to be that same message of yeah, but, we're totally focused on customer support but right that's now. Correct. I mean, but you're, you're saying obvious things. Right. right. Exactly. That's true. Well, I don't think... Well, I just you think know, it's worth saying. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I'm calling into the same hotline for getting the same message. Please hold. An operator will be with you shortly. Right. But I know it's not going to say anything different. And that operator right. won't be with me shortly. Yeah, right. That's annoying. So if Sean Murray turns into a fucking automated answering machine, then I'd be pretty annoyed. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um... But, so hopefully he has an update soon. I mean, look, I haven't played in two weeks. Right, yeah, it doesn't matter and for I'm, you. I'm you're way gone. deep in an old game now, right? right? Dragon Age Inquisition came out like two years ago. Sure. I'm loving it. Um, and I, I don't feel bad that I paid for it. Mm-hmm. I wish I did get more out of it, but the way I feel about it is it's a game I could revisit in a year. Mm-hmm. The way people did with Destiny. Yep. And in a year, it might be a game I like. That's so true. So I bought it, not a big deal. That's very true. But I wish I did wasn't I didn't walk away from the game feeling so burned by them though. Right. You know, and that's the problem. Because now I hear another Hello Games game is gonna come out. You know, I'm gonna kinda squint at it a little bit more. I'm gonna be like, Am I sure? Right. And I probably won't be sure right. because they haven't put a lot of faith, instilled a lot of faith in me for this kind of stuff. Yeah. That makes sense and I think that's reasonable. Yeah. And that goes across the board. All video game companies should hold do that same kind of accountability for it mm-hmm. in the same way that consumers need to understand that there's a way to deliver this information. Yep. Like people get into pissing contests on Reddit because people keep posting the same thing all the time. Right. There's an argument to be made that they have to continue to do it because they don't know when the developers are looking at the site. So sure. it should be there. But then there's another argument too where you have to say this complaint was really well received. Right. It's voted a lot. A lot of people had positive feedback. Right. There's no way that the developers didn't see it. Right. Unless they're totally blind to what the community thinks about it, you know? Sure. So there does have to be some trust both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a consumer, I can only speak for what I want. Well, and I want them to talk to me more. Yeah. And I, I mean, I badmouthed consumers a lot on this podcast because I think it's worth noting that consumers can be assholes. But at the end of the day, like, I'm always going to be on the side of the consumer because more often corporate America is dicking over consumers and not the reverse. Right. Because <laughs> we can't, me as a person, I can't, who made my fridge? Frigidaire. I can't dick over Frigidaire. Right. You know, if my fridge doesn't work, then, right. then I'm shit out of luck, you yeah. know, like, I don't know what to say, you know. So I still, I, I get it. And I'm on the side of the consumers. I just think it's it's all gotten in this cycle of like craziness. And I, I don't know how to get out of it. <laughs> Board games. Board games. <laughs> all right. That's about it for this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, follow us on Tumblr at d2ga.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at DangerAlonePod. Message me at J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y on Twitter. Check out BrokenJars.xyz for all the other fun podcasts. We just released an episode of Great Scott this week, so check that out. And that's it. We will see you next week. Yep. Later.